Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today we have the story of the first alien visitor to our solar system. Alien visitors like Mr. Spock? No. Did they bring us advanced technology? (laughs) The story is about a mysterious object that flew close to our sun and the astronomers racing to understand what it is and where it came from. Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout out like these people or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Our story of astronomical mystery comes to us from Jane Liu. My name is Jane Liu, and I'm a planetary astronomer. You might remember Jane from our episode, The Search at the Edge of the Solar System. Of course! She discovered the Kuiper Belt, which is like a field of space debris beyond Neptune. I remember that she searched for years with just one other astronomer friend. Yes, and it turned out to be one of those incredible breakthrough discoveries. Jane has always been fascinated by small, strange bodies like comets and asteroids, and that's why she got involved with Oumuamua. Oumuamua, the the first interstellar visitor. That was a really cool thing. Wait, uh, back up. Oumuamua, is that the name of an alien spaceship? Did we get the name from aliens? (laughs) Good question. To start with, interstellar visitor means that it's something that came from outside our solar system. In late 2017, a telescope meant for finding comets and asteroids near Earth spotted an unusual object. It appeared as a distant light. It passed close to the sun and was behaving like nothing anyone had ever seen before. Soon after, Jane heard from her old astronomy friend, Dave Jewett, who discovered the Kuiper belt with her. I remember Dave emailing me. He says, oh, a new object is found. I I said, is it like a a comet or something? And he says, no, it has a hyperbolic orbit. Uh, A hyperbolic orbit? Uh, that's, That's a pretty good band name, but what does it mean? 
Well, it comes from the word hyperbola, to give you a clue. Yeah, I know that. It's covered in the Algebra 2 curriculum under conic sections. It's a long, smooth curve shape. All right, Mr. Math Teacher. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a long, pulled-out U. And for space objects, it means that the object is moving too fast to get trapped by the sun's gravitational pull. So right. I mean, the sun's gravity is what keeps us orbiting in place and not spinning out of control, though... I frequently feel like I am spinning out of control, (laughs) usually while dancing. (laughs) In any case, it was clear that Oumuamua wasn't playing by our solar system's rules. A hyperbolic orbit to solar system people is wild. It just means that it could not have originated in our own solar system. In other words, if it was moving fast enough to skip past the sun, it was coming on its way from somewhere else. So it was an alien meaning something that came from outside our home solar system. Not necessarily Klingons or Martians. (laughs) It's a different kind of alien, one that's completely thrilling to astronomers like Jane. Up until now, there was never any prospect of seeing up close something in another solar system. But with this guy, basically it tells us, we don't have to go to another solar system. It will come to you. And that is just enormously exciting. It's like an alien object delivery service. You couldn't control where it was going or what was getting delivered. Astronomers decided to name the object Amuamua, which means messenger from afar arriving first in the Hawaiian language, because the telescope that found it was in Hawaii. But astronomers still had no idea what it was. They had to act quickly to make observations because Oumuamua was already on its way out of the solar system. It it was moving really fast, and it's small, so we couldn't observe it for very long. Whoa, so they're literally chasing this thing. It's like a high-speed astronomy chase. Exactly. They needed to get the world's most powerful telescopes on the job to point in Oumuamua's direction as soon as possible. This isn't how things are usually done in astronomy. You, you, you apply for telescope time, so you can't react on the spur of the moment because you apply for telescope time and you wait six months to get it. Wait, you have to wait six months to use a telescope? I mean, I think our neighbor has one that he could just, like, get down. <laughs> Jane's talking about the huge telescopes you find in observatories. They always have long wait lists, so astronomers are used to doing everything very slowly. But for Muamua. The wait list went out the window. Every telescope you can think of on Earth was looking at it, including telescopes that were not on Earth, like Hubble Space Telescope. Jane and Dave wanted their own images. And that was the reason for Dave's email. Jane works at a small university in Norway attached to the Nordic Optical Telescope. For short, they call it The Knot. Which is a great name. (laughs) It's always like to not or not to not. (laughs) I always love a good telescope Shakespeare reference. (laughs) Anyhow, Dave wanted to know if Jane could not it. (laughs) And he said, so, you you know, you being in Norway, do you have access to this telescope? Jane quickly emailed the director of the knot, asking if they could point it at Oumuamua. He agreed, and Jane and Dave were on to the chase. So what happened next? Well, the first thing was to figure out Oumuamua's weird orbit. Its orbit cannot be explained by the usual gravitational forces. So if gravity can't explain its orbit, then there's something else. The easiest explanation was that it was a comet. 
people think, okay, maybe it's a comet because they spit out gas, and so they experience you know the rocket effect. So she means like there's some kind of fuel pushing it forward. Right. Comets don't have jetpacks strapped onto them, but they do have a tail or coma. You throw out some gas and dust, and you know that's going to change your orbit. Throwing out gas and dust is called outgassing. I'm sure there's a good fart joke opportunity here, but I am not going to take it. <laughs> Just take the high road. <laughs> well, the weird thing about Amuamua was that it didn't appear to be outgassing. Usually, when you look at a comet. Is spitting out dust and gas, and you see it in the picture. You see all this dust, the big dust coma around comets. Well, this thing doesn't have any, and we look pretty hard, and not just us. Everybody looked pretty hard, and nobody saw a coma, no matter how faint. Astronomers started thinking outside of the box. What else could be pushing Amuamua forward? If its orbit was affected by something other than gravity, that that opens up the possibility of alien spacecraft. <laughs> Which is extremely cool. <laughs> Wait, what? Did she really just say alien spacecraft? She did. Astronomers were thinking about all possible explanations. Basically, you know, why not aliens if we're spitballing here? Even Harvard astronomers, who are generally taken more seriously than most alien enthusiasts, suggested that Amuamua could have been sent by aliens. The Earthlings might be on to us. Go faster, everybody! Unfortunately, the alien idea got shot down by most other astronomers. Astronomers just shooting down theories like space invaders—a really fun game about alien spacecraft. Meanwhile, Jane and Dave just wanted to help describe what they saw before explaining what it was. The Knott telescope gave us the most beautiful images. They used those images to describe Amuamua's weird orbit in a scientific paper. But it didn't answer the question of what Amuamua actually was, and now it's gone, traveled into distant space. Wow! So, will we ever know what our first interstellar visitor actually was? Yeah, we're still learning about it. Astronomers have been able to paint a much clearer picture in the past few years. They know that Amuamua is rocky, and it has a kind of reddish color. It's about 400 meters or a quarter mile long, and it's about 10 times longer than it is wide. Wow! So that sounds like an interstellar surfboard riding the wave of space radness. But really, what was making it move? Well, some astronomers considered that even if it didn't have the typical coma or tail, it still could have been a comet. Jane wondered that too. If it's a comet, is there any way that the coma remains invisible? Meaning, is this just a really weird kind of comet that we've never seen before? Exactly. And most recently, astronomers suggested that it was an asteroid that got torn off a much larger body, like a small planet, when that got too close to its own star. I guess that sounds like something that Oumuamua would totally do. Got close to our sun, so maybe it just didn't learn about not touching hot things. Right, because the gravitational force close to a star is so powerful, it can pull an object apart, sending fragments spinning off into space. Whoa! A lot of research is still being done, and believe it or not, an amateur astronomer spotted a second interstellar visitor. Two years after Amuamua. Whoa! More aliens? 
Yes, but this one just looked and behaved like a normal comet, highlighting how weird the first sighting really was. And Jane just loves the challenge of trying to figure it all out. I found some puzzles that I'm thinking about now in astronomy, like Oumuamua, that's a really cool puzzle. So you think about it all the time. I mean, not every minute of the waking day, but it's always in the back of your mind. It's just so exciting, like the idea of something from another solar system coming that close to, to us. Oumuamua is still a puzzle. An interstellar alien puzzle with a lot of hard-to-find pieces. It will probably take a long, long time to fully put together. Can you find a science puzzle in your life? Observe the things around you closely. Does anything make you ask, what is that? Or why is that? That could be a puzzle for you to solve. Create a plan for solving your puzzle How can you get more information or pieces about it? What kinds of questions will you ask to get them? And how will you put them together? Thanks today to Jane Liu, planetary astronomer with the Arctic University of Tromsø in Norway. You can hear more from Jane in our episode, The Search at the Edge of the Solar System. We'll have a link to it on the blog about this episode. You'll find that on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com, and you can also find our extended interview with Jane Liu about Oumuamua on our Patreon when you pledge just a dollar or more a month at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Thanks to Joel Green and Jeff Silverman for their help with this episode, as well as Sarah Lentz. Sarah is our head of partnerships. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all of the music. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.